Welcome to Just Us and God. This is Ellen speaking. The word that I have for you today is not for everybody. If it is for you, you will understand what I'm saying, at least in part, and it will provide encouragement, reassurance and clarity. If it's not for you, it might even offend you. I have scripture, some thoughts and a dream to share with you. All of the scripture is from the New King James Version. If you do think this word is for you, please give yourself time later on to immerse yourself in the scripture. I'm going to list the scripture in the description, but if you want to grab a pen and paper now, pause the podcast and I'll list the scripture for you so you can write it down. So it's all of John chapters 5, sorry, chapters 3 and 8. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Romans 8 verse 1, Philippians chapter 2, Matthew chapter 7, and Matthew 25. And you won't necessarily need to read all of those, um, but if you do sit down um, and read the scriptures with the leading of the Holy Spirit, um, I think that he's going to delight you with what he's sharing in relation to today's message. I do suggest that as it's a lengthy message and um, because I think it includes some real nuggets of wisdom that the Lord really wants to share, which is just crucial for his people to get at the moment, depending on where you're at on your journey. Um, I really encourage you to just listen to this podcast, whether now or whether at a later stage, in a setting where you can give it your full attention. And again, if you think it's for you, I really encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to lead you through the scripture. If I repeat myself, it's for emphasis because of the importance of what I'm sharing today. So by way of introduction, are you disillusioned? Are you getting fed up with what you're seeing around you? Um, Increasingly intolerant with the teachings that you're hearing or the conversations that you're witness to between brothers and sisters. We all know that false teaching abounds in this fallen world. None of us is perfect. But perhaps you've recently experienced a new awakening to the extremity of this situation. I pray that this episode speaks to the very core of who God made you to be. If this word is for you, I believe that the Lord has said he wants you to know that you're stepping up to the gates of heaven. He's calling his children into a deeper understanding of the importance of his indwelling Holy Spirit and even your own part in this amazing journey into eternity. Something that's important for us to truly accept is that the Holy Spirit is God dwelling in us. We have a tendency as Christians to see the Holy Spirit as anything that is less than our God dwelling in us. And I think the reason the deceptions regarding the Holy Spirit abound can be found in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, which says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 
Liberty is the opposite to captivity, and we have an enemy who wants to keep us captive. The Lord is the Spirit. Where the Lord or the Holy Spirit is, there is liberty, freedom from the things that keep us chained. The freedom that is promised in Christ becomes available to us when we turn to the Lord who is the Spirit. At that point, a veil of deception is removed. Hallelujah. Let those who have ears to hear, hear this and let's rejoice. That is really what my dream was about. I'm going to share the dream with you now. And then rather than taking it apart in all its elements, I'll briefly share some insights with you. I really want the dream to minister to you. Sorry, I want the Holy Spirit to minister to you as I relay the dream. And also there's a fair bit of scripture that I'm praying that will minister to you. I just want to acknowledge that while I did have some insights about the meaning of this dream, I didn't have any real clarity until I passed it by a mutual friend of the Lord and the Holy Spirit ministered to me through him. So here's the dream. It started in an old classroom. There was an elf on the shelf that figured prominently. It was in a hamper that was packaged as if in a shelf with cakes and biscuits and things, your typical Christmas hamper. The front of the shelf proclaimed that the elf was all about living healthy, but the contents of the hamper were in direct contradiction to this statement. There were no children, but there were lots of adults. The room was being set up for something by a few of the people who were placing objects around the room, seemingly at random, yet they were placing them at strategic locations. The objects were chosen to look mundane and homely. They were mostly of an older vintage from the 50s and 60s. A lady was placing a few scarves or cracked lino at the back of the room. She said she was hiding the cracks in the rubber. Some objects were older but chosen because, having been kept in their packaging for decades, they looked new. One was a wooden decoration showing a house, not a full house but a bit like a facade. I think it was of a log cabin and some of its surrounds, such as perhaps a wood pile and axe. It was still laying in partially open cellophane packaging. There were television crews present and in control of what was going on. I walked away. The scene had changed and I was walking across a sports oval away from the classroom. There was no stadium or seating. The area was surrounded by hills and bush. There was a cul-de-sac there on the other side of the oval and at the edge of the cul-de-sac there was a film crew filming a tallish man who was part Asian and part Caucasian. I walked up behind the man and then quickly diverted out of screenshot. So I'd accidentally got on the film and then I quickly changed direction to get out of it. And then I was just marvelling at how I could have done something so silly. There was a large truck with a painted sign almost completely covering one side. It was grey metal underneath the sign and I don't remember any details of the sign. It was like it was a blur as I looked at it. I wandered around the film crew and looked at the buildings in the cul-de-sac. There were billboards placed on the houses and other adjustments had been made to the cul-de-sac to make it look newer. It looked attractive in one sense, but contrived. I asked a lady from the film crew, what's all this for? And she said, is it that obvious? She looked disappointed that I'd recognised that they'd made adjustments to the cul-de-sac. 
and I explained that I practically never watched TV, so the changes they had made to the cul-de-sac stood out more to me than it would to people who watch TV all the time. Then I was in a room which came off the classroom, so the scene had changed again. People were seated for a meeting, and it was quite crowded. We were seated on children's chairs. It was like the meeting had finished and many people were talking. I overheard a teacher describe how a man had told her she was the best person for the job and she had agreed with him and accepted the position. I was disgusted at her complete lack of humility. As she walked out of the classroom talking with another lady, her pride and lack of awareness of herself or anything else was repulsive to me. She carried a sense of unquestioning confidence in the authority and superiority that she had been given over other people who she was paid to serve. I mentioned my disgust at her pride to a couple of ladies who were sitting near me, and one of them answered, yes, there is always someone better than us, no matter where we are. Although I agreed with her, I felt she didn't see the gravity of what I was seeing. The Lord was announcing through this dream that he had released me from a spirit of counterfeit, which had used the material things of this world to deceive me. I'd been stuck in a wilderness of dead ends and stagnation. The Lord was announcing my deliverance from this spiritual oppression, that my discernment has increased and I will now be able to recognize false teachers um, and false humility. Now, if you see any, anything else in that dream that speaks to you, I, I do always welcome feedback. Um, there are message icons and spaces to comment no matter what platform you're listening to this on. Now, that was, as I said, a very brief um, summary of the insights that my friend offered me, mostly because I didn't write them all down, but also because knowing that this that the Lord wanted me to share this dream I understand that it's also a message to you for what he's doing in his life so I'm going to read that brief summary not of the dream but the insights to you changing the language so that it applies more to you than to me because I'm hoping that that will help it to sink in the Lord is announcing that he has released you from a spirit of counterfeit which has used the material things of this world to deceive you you've been stuck in a wilderness of dead ends and stagnation the lord is announcing sorry announcing your deliverance from that spiritual oppression he's saying that your discernment has increased and you will now be able to recognize false teachers and false humility Dreams are like parables. Sometimes God in his mercy shows us his truths in ways that are easier for us to understand. And I'm very aware that in this episode we are comparing spiritual to spiritual as I think it might have been Paul um, said to the Corinthians. Speaking of things of a spiritual nature, this is no longer milk. And this is also why it will be offensive to some people and a relief to others. Listen to John chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, 
for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, We speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Heavenly things can be difficult to talk about and difficult to comprehend. I love that word comprehend because it's not just about understanding with our brains, but it really gives a sense of getting a grasp on things with our heart and the core of our inner being. So spiritual things can be difficult to understand, but we have the Holy Spirit in us who shows us the things of God. See 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The question is, are we running from the light or are we running to the light? In John chapter 3, it is no accident that Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, a rabbi and ruler of the Jews. He is a leader and well-versed in theology, yet he struggles to understand this important mystery that Jesus is sharing with him. Nor is it an accident that Jesus goes to great lengths to emphasize that unless we are born of the Spirit, we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. I think we live in a time when it is important for us to get this, what is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. This doesn't only refer to our physical birth and spiritual rebirth. It also offers us a simple tool for examining our own lives. What we are doing, saying, thinking, building, representing, teaching. Is it of the flesh or is it of the spirit? If we take an inventory of our lives using a tool such as this, it might convict us but it shouldn't condemn us. Because of, our, of how forgiving God is and how much he loves us, it gives us a place to start from. One of the most sinister false teachings I have heard countless times since Jesus called me less than five years ago is a corruption of Romans 8 verse 1. And the false teaching goes like this. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. In stopping there... They rob Christ's flocks of the crucial truth that comes immediately after it. And if I read it all together, it reads like this. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In God's word, there's a condition attached. That's why we need to be reading the Bible for ourselves and not relying on someone else's teaching. It's time for us to grow up, pull our socks up and take responsibility for the most important aspect of our lives. 
Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I'm going to share verses 5 to 17 of Philippians 2 to you as well, just because I think it's a good read for today. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or laboured in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all, for the same reason you also be glad and rejoice with me. I'm going to repeat some of those verses. The verses say that of Jesus being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. He humbled himself and became obedient. We are marked by humility now, brothers and sisters. And it's our obedience. Our obedience is a non-negotiable. Not our obedience to man and mankind or to cultural norms. It's our obedience to God. I also want to repeat verse 14. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or laboured in vain. just want to celebrate verse 17 that says yes and if I am being poured out as a drink offering and a sacrifice and service of your faith I'm glad and rejoice with you all for the same reason you also be glad and rejoice with me I don't know how to put this into words but you know brothers and sisters when we know God when we're living in Christ in his Holy Spirit when he brings us into contact with those who are for um, you know divine appointments it doesn't matter how much we're sacrificing our lives for one another in service to the gospel 
there is such gladness in it when we can see one another's faith growing and and you know when we're learning together it is it is the most amazing feeling all of john chapter 3 is relevant but the lord is pressing me to also share verses 14 and 30. verse 14 reads and as moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up now we know that that's referring to jesus um, being on the cross this, uh, it also refers to an Old Testament occasion where the Israelites were sick and dying as a result of their sin. And God instructed Moses to lift a serpent up on a stick so that anyone who looked on it would live. So they had to step out in faith. It was a very small step of faith that they were invited to take in believing that their leader was hearing from God speaking what God was telling him and that God would heal them if they took that act of looking upon this serpent. But I believe that what the Lord is really wanting to emphasize today is the whole idea of Christ being lifted up like the serpent on the snake. And I believe that the Lord is saying that we need to be exalting Christ, lifting him up in our hearts. And that's echoed in verse 30. In verse 30, John the Baptist is responding to his disciples and they're making prideful complaints about how popular Jesus is. And he responds to this statement and then he says of Jesus, he must increase but I must decrease. Friends, we need to get this. We need to be exalting Jesus in our heart, in who we are. This isn't about going it's not paying homage to Jesus this is about the very core of our being the Lord is showing us in his living word that we must set aside our natural man or ego and exalt Christ in our very being his spirit is in us and we need to live our lives in a way that allows his spirit to grow in strength in us and our natural man that is the part of us that is vulnerable to attack from sin to shrink and we do that through our daily choices. I've got an episode called How the Holy Spirit Helps Us to Fight Sin. And you might find that helpful. It's not enough just to hand it over to God once and go, oh, all is well. That would be easy. And I'm all for things being easy. But in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, Narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. John chapter 8 is also relevant. What I'll do is read all of chapters 3 and 8 at the end of the episode. But just for now I want to highlight verse 12, which reads like this from the New King James. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Again, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. This all marries up with verses that tell us to pick up our cross. You know, we, we have to actually do something and we have to follow Jesus' footsteps. We can see now how things are starting to unfold. We can see that it's realistic to expect that we might suffer. But the amazing thing is, 
but because we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and as we surrender more and more of our natural man and allow the Holy Spirit to fill us more and more, the very fact that we are filled with his spirit, that's what makes what makes Jesus yoke light and easy because it's not us carrying it. The more that we surrender our lives to the Holy Spirit, the more it is that God is carrying it and not us. God is able. I'm going to just read that scripture one more time. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We don't need to walk in darkness because the light of our Lord and his indwelling spirit will guide us. If you're not experiencing this already, that's okay. That's why you're here. It's part of the reason you're here. God is trying to help you to get there. Just keep crying out to the Lord, who is the Holy Spirit, who lives in us. Cry out to him with a sincere heart. Spend time with him. Try and spend time with him every day. Carve out a niche of time without your devices and noise and all of that, if possible, that you can spend time with God. He will hear you. If we draw near to him, he comes near to us. If you can relate to what I've shared with you today, you could be feeling all sorts of frustration and discomfort. And I want to encourage you to see this as such an important gift from the Lord. Essentially, you're experiencing the discomfort that comes from having a greater discernment. So, in essence, seeing more clearly. And so, you've been in a situation that you've allowed in your life because, well, hopefully because that's what God said to allow in your life at the time. And you couldn't see it previously in the way that you see it now. Now that you can see it more clearly, God will prompt you to start to make changes. And um, I'd like to think that that means that the discomfort will be reduced. My understanding is that any time that we're feeling discomfort, it means that we're not quite in the place or in the position or posture that God wants us to be in, to be in alignment with what he has for us. It's a threshold that you're stepping over. It's a threshold of a majestic gateway that many people never even step up to. I do believe it's only possible to step through this gateway one person at a time. So take your focus off the people around you and seek the Lord through his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has prompted me to liken this to how if we try to save a drowning person by taking hold of them and pulling them out of the water, we risk being drowned along with them. I think we're at a time where many of us will see loved ones perishing and if we let that distract us we may perish with them. Really we need to trust God and what he has for those people. It's the time of the wise and the foolish virgins. Read it again, it's in Matthew 25. I really urge you to read that again. Pray and ask God for deliverance and to send the right people to you and for the eyes of your understanding to be opened. In the middle of labour pains of birth, we can lose sight of what the pain is leading to. God is about to bless you big time. He'll bring the right people into your life and you won't look back. I know because he did it for me. 
Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray that for every person who's listening today, whether whenever it is that they're listening, Lord, that you will give them deliverance, you'll offer them deliverance, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you will send the right people across their paths, Lord, people who can teach them, Lord, and people who can learn from them, Lord, people who can help them to grow in the spirit and to put the flesh to death. We just pray, Lord, that you open our eyes for understanding and that you continue to open our hearts to the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. I pray that the Lord blesses you with every spiritual blessing in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So to close, I'll be reading John chapter 3 in its entirety and John chapter 8 in its entirety. Thank you so much for listening. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptised. Now John also was baptising in Anon near Salim, because there was much water there, and they came and were baptised, for John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification, and they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, 
Behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies. And no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the Spirit by measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. He believes in the Son. He who believes in the Son, sorry, has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. John 8 reads like this. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Sorry, I think that was a... No, it does fit there. Verse 13, The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself, your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Then they said to him, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. 
Then Jesus said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and will die in your sin. Where I go you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself because he says, Where I go you cannot come? And he said to them, You are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Then they said to him, Who are you? And Jesus said to them, Just what I have been saying to you from the beginning, I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed him. I'm just going to repeat that. When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you are Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, We were not born of fornication. We have one Father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. I'm going to repeat that. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and a father of it. Sorry, I'm just going to intrude there and say, this is why it's so important for us to be learning to listen to God and to speak from what the Lord tells us. Because when we speak out of our own wisdom, this is what Jesus is describing here. He's speaking to the Pharisees who were theological experts. He's saying when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Saying that he follows in, in the devil's footsteps. He says, but because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. 
Therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. Brothers and sisters, it takes us time to learn how to hear from God. If we sincerely want to, it is going to happen. Verse 48, Then the Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honour my Father, and you dishonour me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then the Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and you say, If anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I honour myself, my honour is nothing. It is my Father who honours me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say, I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Amen. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my dad, and he saw it and was glad. Sorry. (laughs) I'm sure that fits. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. It's affirming that Abraham was alive. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. How amazing that the Pharisees even stooped so low to try and use Jesus' physical age um, to undermine his authority because of their worldly understanding. You know, if you listen to this whole thing, thank you. (laughs) Thanks for your stamina and your diligence. I pray that this message has really blessed you and I do welcome any feedback that you want to give me. And I just pray that God gives you all the support in the world to ride with him and to walk in diligence by Jesus' side through the strength of his Holy Spirit that resides in us as you come to all that he is offering you. In Jesus' name, amen.